Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth a trip to the theater, or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about the newly released, as of probably a couple months ago at this point, The Bear Season 2. Came out this year, 2023, created by Christopher Storer, Storer starring Jeremy Allen White, Ebon Moss, Bakrak, Ayo Adibiri, Leon, Lionel Boyce, Liza Colin, Zayas, Abby Elliott, and Maddie Matheson. I butchered far too many of those names, but a great cast. Uh, and for those that don't know about The Bear, it is about a young chef from the world of fine dining that comes home to his Chicago uh, comes home to Chicago to run his family's Italian beef sandwich shop after the suicide of his older brother, who left behind debts, a rundown kitchen, and an unruly staff. In season two, however, that is mostly season one. Season two, this unruly staff, led by Carms, Carmi, they are in the process of remodeling this restaurant to reopen as a fine dining establishment renamed The Bear, which is a family name for Carmi and his brother and the rest of his family, uh, which this show, very much about family. Uh, I mean, I would imagine the, the characters from the Fast and Furious franchise love this show because it is all about family as well. Not a whole lot of uh, drinking of Coronas in this. However, family, the found family, the work family, as well as the dysfunctional family that you are born into, that many are born into, that some are born into, uh, very heavily part of this show. I absolutely love season one. I reviewed season one after that aired. I think it was last year. So kind of a nice, fast turnaround for season two of this show. But I absolutely loved season one. Uh, very chaotic season one. Very much for those that have seen Uncut Gems, the chaotic, manic nature of Uncut, Uncut Gems, but set in a restaurant kind of a setting. Nonstop tension, stress, all of those things. Uh, and I think this season changes things up a lot in many ways. In great ways, tonally, energy-wise, it is has calmer moments. There's contrasting calm uh, moments. There are moments where people in this are... Not only is the restaurant going through a change, a renovation, but so are these characters. So are these people preparing and learning and growing to be part of this new fine dining uh, establishment that was once just a neighborhood sandwich shop so i enjoy all of that stuff i, I like i love this show even though it changed it's it's not like 
a, a rehashing. It's not trying to hit on all the same beats as the first season. It is it is very much a show that builds upon the first season and does new things and changes up the show in ways and improves the show in ways that I really appreciate. So I think this is another great season of The Bear. Uh, I, I love this show so much. It's it's such a great show. And I would say, for me, I enjoy a lot of it because I used to work in food service way, way back in another life. I worked at the Costco Pizza Kitchen, which may not sound that crazy, but let me tell you, that's a place that gets chaotic. There is a coupon that comes out yearly, maybe twice a year for Costco, where you can get their giant pizza for like nine bucks or something like that at least at the time and for that week or two it is absolutely insane it is known as pizza week and the first season of the bear takes the chaotic chaos the the absolute insanity of season one of the bear took me back to that maybe a little bit you know stir up some ptsd from those times but definitely took me back Although I was sitting in a, in my home watching on TV, so I was in a safe space and uh, can appreciate and understand the chaos that can happen when you work at a place that serves food. Because nobody is as impatient as somebody who is hungry waiting for food. So because of that, because of how accurate it makes you feel, how accurate it makes the chaos of working in that kind of a job feel and, and is illustrated so accurately in the show i love it i also absolutely love all of these characters uh i root for everybody despite the fact that there is so much damage like there's so much dysfunction within this found family of people who work at this restaurant but you also in this season see where that damage comes from you see the the actual biological family and how broken and damaged and chaotic and you see where all of those things come from and understand why these characters kind of are drawn to the precise and refined and organized nature of what a fine dining establishment offers, how everything is very regimented and, and organized and understood but even in that world there is trauma and pressure and stress so it's like i don't know i love all of the things that the show touches on so i absolutely love season one great season two i would say maybe better there's I, there's things that are in season one that i absolutely love and then there's like they they're very different in many ways and i love that and they do things differently in the best ways which i love as well so love season one the chaotic everybody kind of in the same place uh doing just trying to make things work and in this one there is a different kind of chaos that happens in this one i would say especially in episode six of season two i would say is probably the the highlight the it is the it is the episode that stands apart from all of the other episodes in many ways. It's a prequel episode. 
it's filmed differently the look of it is different there are so many characters it brings back the chaos that was from season one but it shows the family of these people and where Carmi came from where his brother who committed suicide what he was dealing like it gives you so much backstory for so many of these characters explains why they are where they are i love it um also in this you get to see season two they added a lot more shots of chicago so many shots of chicago around town i've only been to chicago once when i was a kid so i didn't recognize any of these places but i loved that they added that they really made the show feel like it is in chicago that it is a show about chicago that it is a show that loves it's like a love letter to chicago it is a love letter to food there's also in addition to the shots of chicago there are many shots of these beautifully filmed shots of the food being prepared and served very much like a great food show like if you're a fan of food shows those types of shows if you're a foodie if you're somebody that's a self-described foodie i would imagine you like this if you're somebody that's worked in food service in any form i would imagine you appreciate the accuracy of a lot of this so there's a lot if you're just an artist and can appreciate people having a love and respect for their craft or somebody that that likes that aspect of art there's so many things to like in this show and the show f really feels like it was a show like season one had a lot more kind of self-contained episodes i would say where in each episode there was another kind of event things happening kind of more self-contained where this one it is far more aside from episode six it is the overarching goal of everybody preparing to get this restaurant open that's like at the end of season one they discover all kinds of money and come up with a plan to take the restaurant to to evolve this restaurant into something different into something better different better subjective some people i you know love hole in the wall types of establishments but i can understand w this is like a dream of some of these people and they are taking the opportunity to fulfill that dream to turn this restaurant into something that they've wanted to do so what i thought after season one is that season two i i, I assumed we would just be jumped ahead to where they are opening this new restaurant which that is not the case season two is all about the transformation of this restaurant the transformation of these characters learning improving their skills and in, in many episodes, they are kind of doing their own thing. Like, it's, it, there'll be an episode where uh, the one dude, the pastry chef, uh, will be going to... He went to, like, Holland or whatever to learn new skills. And, or, you know, Sydney will be out on the town trying to learn new things. Like, do her research and figure out... Uh, these different things marcus went to you know kind of 
elevate his skills as a pastry chef other people going to culinary school like there's there are definitely aspects of this that are kind of segmented into the different episodes but i would say like i don't know i enjoyed this season was released all at once and i've heard people wish it was released weekly but i don't know i i prefer being able to binge a show and i can understand how the argument to have it released weekly each episode weekly how that would help in the promotion especially after episode six i would imagine there would have been a week solid after that episode comes out of people just non-stop talking about it the word of mouth would have been great but for somebody who's watching it doesn't really care about the marketing aspect of it doesn't really you know i'm detached from that as somebody who's just a viewer i enjoy the being able to binge it sadly however one thing that is a bummer about this season is that it doesn't like if this season doesn't get a third if the show doesn't get a third season i'm going to be very bummed it's going to be very depressing because it ends in a way that is very unfinished this is very much like feels very much like the the second movie or the second season in a trilogy of seasons in many ways like you have first season is the before second season is the transformation and season three is the after and that after point where it sets up at the end of this episode in in like the the one of the aspects of this show that i love is because of the chaos you understand that in many ways this is a house of cards with so many people involved so many aspects of this being so precarious at any moment it can all fall apart and there the final episode of this season definitely has that feeling where things might be tumbling and to not know how the aftermath of of that final episode is like a bit of a cliffhanger and makes me want a season three sooner than later but because of the writer's strike because greedy studios greedy ceos not wanting to pay writers not wanting to pay actors not wanting to negotiate who knows how long it's going to be before production begins on so many shows so that is the only downside of this season the fact that there is no it's clearly not the end of this story uh, and also the reality of, of the entertainment business at the at this point is like so up up in the air. So who knows how long it's going to be before we get a third season. If we do, I don't even know if there's anything been announced, which would be ridiculous. It seems like the show is so well regarded. And so many people, I, I've not heard a single person talk about this show that doesn't like this show. So, and it, it seemed like they got a bigger budget for this season being able to shoot all around chicago so many of the different it like it really feels like they upped the budget for this season so we'll see what happens uh but i still love the show i love these characters it's very much like a an underdog kind of a story right story about you know improving oneself improving their situation taking chances right there's a clear love of food in this show food preparation right this show will make you hungry 
uh, and so many of the visuals, right, you would see in a good food show. And I, I loved all of that stuff. But I do want to talk about spoilers. I want to get into specifics of the season. So if you haven't watched The Bear, I mean, for sure, watch season one. Know that season one's going to be chaos, but kind of, in my opinion, chaos in the best way. But also know that season two tones down like it is far less chaotic. And like it it brought the chaos down, but then kind of amplified all of these characters that are so amazing in season one. And again, in season two, you get to even see more of their journey, which I think the characters in this really kind of make it so lovable in my opinion but i do want to talk about spoilers so let's get into spoilers so the season starts as they're preparing this restaurant right they found all the money at the end of season two found all this money in the tomato cans that his brother stashed away right all this money that is intended to their like the uncle who's kind of been bankrolling giving him loans again in this season his uncle which i kind of love oliver platt giving them loans he's a great character in this and he's like you know giving them loans with the knowledge that if they fail he gets the property and will be able to sell it and it's 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 kind of crazy the budget where they start at the beginning of this season they're like around 100k and then by the end of the season, they're like closer to a million, I believe. It is just, it's it's kind of crazy how, which is so, I think, true about anything. The When you're initially planning something, you are so, you're, you have the best case scenario in your head. What is the fastest and cheapest way that this could possibly get done? And by the end, it always takes longer it's always cost more, although they had a very specific open date, which was a ridiculously close open date. So it adds to a lot of the tension in this episode. Um, the sister becomes kind of the project manager of this thing, kind of the unofficial project manager, where she's also pretend she has to uh, not let it out that she's pregnant because... She doesn't want that to interfere with everything that's going on. But they need somebody to keep track of everything that needs to get done. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention. All, all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor Show, Show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. A lot of very touching intro music to the show, the first episode of the show. Like the score in general or the music they use is very great. A lot of great needle drops, a lot of great music added to it. Their need of new equipment, like like so many of the things like 
thinking the renovation would be an easy process and then throughout the course of season two realizing that like everything has to go every like it just gets worse and worse and worse the repair guy takes the the arcade game that was a big part of the first first season you have uh Sydney asking Tina to be her sous chef, which Tina I love reminds me of women that I worked with at the pizza kitchen where it's like the the joy they get from like getting the opportunity to learn more things, which like for so long kind of just made to do very like the same thing over and over again day in day out and never really getting that opportunity to learn or grow and to see her once again get this new opportunity to become the the sous chef for sydney great lights her up uh and aside from like everything that needs to happen less chaos in this in this season a lot of chicago b-roll as i said the first episode ends with kind of a plan to open. They have this three-month schedule completely filled out of to-dos that need to happen. You have Tina and Abraham going to get formal training on just the, their skills just to, you know, kind of refine their skills. And the Abraham character kind of giving up on that so you get because there's so many characters you see all of the different types of paths people take when faced with a challenge faced with an opportunity to change and grow some people don't want to do that some people don't want to change some people just want everything to stay the same and they give up because they're not will they don't this is not what they want to do and then other people it is the complete it is like sunlight to a, a flower to a plant it just gives them energy gives them growth you have sydney and carm kind of developing the menu they are co-owners which i love sydney i she's like probably my favorite character of the show you know somebody who's who's tried and failed to do many things in her life taken many chances and this to her feels almost like her last opportunity in a lot of ways to develop this thing she's the one in this season that really pushes carmy to go for a michelin star right to not only just be more of a fine dining establishment to, but to be one that is ranked in some way within like she like very much i would say kind of an ego play but also a goal that she has when it comes to her dreams and her desires of what this thing could be and carmy knowing and experiencing and working in places like that knows the dedication and precision that it takes the pressure it takes and he's somebody who has had experience doing those things and has had negative experience like there's moments in the season where the ptsd of his former head chef from the restaurant he worked at and how 
brutal it was to like verbally abusive it was to work in those conditions so he knows and is probably wary about where that can go but she that's like a goal so there's like a compromise that happens where they're like over the course of the season he's willing to push and go for that michelin star rating that she is so just not desperate for but really uh desires and then you send marcus to go learn desserts in copenhagen which is great another character i love i love marcus this guy who like worked at mcdonald's in season one kind of started like the world of pastry chefs you know and and those and and dessert making and being able to be creative and create his own things in season one like that door was first opened and now to get this opportunity where he goes to another country to learn from one of many of Carmi's connections that he's made while he was in that world, which I think this this season really highlights the type of connections that Carmi made in his past life before he got to went back to Chicago because calls in so many favors where these people go and work at with these very talented people to learn skills, refine their skills, which I enjoy all that. I enjoy all of that aspect. You have Sydney going on trips around the city, getting advice from other owners, employees, getting inspiration from other dishes. I love also seeing how open all of these other restaurants are to give her advice and to help her out and to, you know, there's a big theme of this season of people warning Sydney to you you have to be if you're going to be partnering with somebody to open a business you need to trust them and so much of this season Carmi is very absent and very and dropping the ball in many ways and it's a bummer to see like Carmi is a bummer because so much of the season Carm spends almost having a social life that he is hiding from everybody like it's a social life that is almost as if an addiction that he's hiding from people and he's uncomfortable with people knowing that he has any kind of social life which is probably not the best time to have a social life when you're trying to accomplish this massive project in a very unrealistic short amount of time to have one of your leaders being mentally on vacation for a lot of that to not have his focus in this show to not have his focus in the remodeling and the opening and you see how especially with the freezer that are the the walk-in fridge that he gets locked in in the final episode you see how that comes to bite him in the ass in the end and i understand you need to have a work-life balance and all of that but at the same time, you have to know when to focus on things and when you can distract, you can focus on multiple things. Like, there's so much on his plate and it seemed like he ignored so much of his responsibilities in order to have this relationship, which he was so reluctant to even acknowledge that this woman was his girlfriend or anything like that so it's like i don't know it it was 
kind of frustrating to see him not even willing to acknowledge the distraction like in denial in many cases like it wasn't a day like it very much he, he treated that relationship like she was a drug that he was addicted to not really denying that he's has the relationship that he has with her not really being op telling people about it all and neglecting his responsibilities because of it very much similar a lot of similarities with that relationship and and like an addiction a drug use uh you have <clears throat> like i said themes of trusting your partner as she eats like there's the the this episode where sydney which there might be multiple where she's going out testing different dishes and stuff she eats so much food which is something i notice also watching food shows like i watched a bunch of anthony bourdain parts unknown recently as well probably inspired by this show uh made me want to watch that and it's like it's amazing how much food people eat like i don't know i'm a big guy but like i don't i don't know i don't eat i can't i can't eat like that maybe because i have issues eating in front of people i i don't eat a lot in front of people I, i'm unable to eat a lot in front of people and i kind of just eat in secret and i don't even realize how much i'm eating in secret so maybe i obviously do eat a lot but it is amazing how much she eats and of course they want to open way sooner than possible everything keeps going wrong more equipment needs to be replaced than expected the walls have mold the rot then the rot and and had to just completely gut the whole place uh they have like these endless permits that need to get acquired there is staff that needs to be hired there is current staff that needs to be trained plus a clear ish issue between the partners sydney and carms right there's v the trust and communication is so absent between the two of them and it's so like so much of this is like the 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 absence of communication is just painful and of course on top of that their project manager sister is pregnant while trying to manage all this chaos marcus and copenhagen staying on a boat was great kind of stressed me out working with the dessert chef like just him clearly not really knowing everything kind of just acting as if very much stressed me out but he seems to be handling it way more than i was watching it and i love marcus right him his like passion for learning desserts is so great his pa his passion and his respect for everything like he really wants to learn and his passion like does the work outside like he's does a lot of this work on his own so it's it's clearly something that he's drawn to um and then him trying his dessert at the end of the episode was really great like to see that that look of like accomplishment when he tastes it he's like ah, oh, i got this and again they started with like a budget they thought they'd spend like less than a hundred thousand and by episode five they were up to a half a million 
Episode six, Fishes, by far the best episode. The flashback, family Christmas, the chaos from season one lives at home. You see where the chaos came from, and it is it is so much the chaos just condensed into episode six of the show. Jamie Lee Curtis is the mom. Absolutely amazing. If she doesn't get an award, like she just won best actress for everything everywhere all at once which is my favorite movie of last year i love her performance in that but it pales in comparison to her performance as the mom in this episode she is amazing in this episode absolutely insane the chaotic the chaos and mess that is within the kitchen of this episode is insane like her hands are coated in everything is coated in food spillage met like it is dishes every it is the most like if you have ocd on any level this would be your nightmare this would be like if you have any kind like if you're neuro neurodivergent in any way it would be hell to be in that situation everything's a mess spreading butter on the bread with her hand the whole family dynamic is like just so much it is like so stressful like i'm not so i don't like being around a bunch of people being in family gatherings is even worse especially if it's family because it's like all of the same drama that comes up with it Amazing cameos in this episode. John Mulaney, Bob Odenkirk, Jillian Jacobs, Sarah Paulson. So many cameos. All adds to the chaos, being able to recognize all these people. Neil and his brother wearing the same thing, which is kind of hilarious. Pitching this baseball card hustle to Uncle Jimmy. You have Jamie Lee Curtis as the mom. Definitely has issues. She is a bit off has moments of confusion has moments of just rage for no reason yelling that like this a pot got moved she insists she was you know that she was saying before like it really brought back memories from my childhood of being yelled at for nonsense like it's clear the person is yelling to yell and it doesn't make sense. It can contradict. It, there's no rhyme or reason. It is just looking for a reason to yell, distract, just just putting that negative energy out at somebody just because it needs to go out at somebody. Just p- painful to watch in many ways. You also see the dynamic between Mike and his cousin, Richie, kind of like older bullies to Carmi when they invite this crush that he has and just seeing how they bully him. It is just like, there's so much of this episode that is like painful to watch is triggering to watch is so chaotic to watch, but is like in so many ways, perfectly illustrates what that family was the, the family dynamic. It adds so much to all of the characters. You understand why everybody acts the way they do. You understand why Carmi wanted to get out of that situation and to get into the fine dining culinary space where everything is regimented, everything makes sense. But even in that world, there is abuse. 
just a different type of abuse, a different type of pressure. So there's no peace, but there is some peace with the organization that comes with that life. That's clear that that's why he got away from everything. You have the mom also threatening to kill herself, like just all over the place. Just super angry, like an angry bear in the kitchen, which this is the episode where I realize the bear is in reference to their name. Berzato, I assume, is Italian for bear. Did not realize it, and of course there is conversations about bears in this in this episode but never really realized that that's why this whole show's called the bear it's a family name uh but she is very much like an angry bear in the kitchen just like chaos just growling at everybody telling everyone to fuck off just angry about everything just wanting to do everything herself and then complaining that she has to do everything herself so much hate and anger just passing it on right you see that like you see why everybody else passes it on like everybody received this anger and hate from the family and then just passes it on to other people you see you know and you it explains so much of season one this episode like all that happens in season one is explained in this one episode makes everything make complete sense and somehow, despite the chaos, the food all comes together, right? There's them sitting down at the dinner table is by far the most tension because it is the time where everything is calm. But you know all of the chaos that is just being covered up in this moment. Just as people act in family situation, there is this facade everybody puts on pretending and you see that so much when they sit down for dinner. You see how Mikey is just ready to explode at Bob Odenkirk's character. You see, like, you see, you just, you're waiting for it to explode the entire time. And there are so many people who could cause the explosion sitting down. It is the most tense dinner scene um it's it's insane mike and his mom are both on the verge of exploding john mulaney does a great blessing right this impromptu blessing uh trying knowing the tension that is there and i think doing a good job to just get through and of course just after the mom blows up then mike blows up and then she drives the car through the which is just insanity on top of insanity and it there was a bit of ambiguity at the end not knowing if she survived that not knowing if the mom character is even alive currently in the current era of the show she is but a bit of ambiguity an epic episode i heard that it was even filmed I think using a film camera, like it was produced in a way that was far different, which gave it a different look and feel. But amazing episode. Uh, and it's amazing that any that it's amazing that only one of those people from that chaos is no longer alive. 
it is amazing that there's not more death involved with that chaos. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote, are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspired Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspired Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of The Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. Then you have Sydney kind of learning to be a leader. Her dad gave her this book on Coach K, and you kind of see her journey learning how she needs to evolve one of, you know, every character just trying to grow to to reach the potential that is needed to fulfill the role that she wants to be as a leader, as one of the co-owners. The great episode where Richie gets sent to work at the best restaurant in Chicago, right? Kind of, He thinks it's as punishment, but it's really for him to learn why things need to be respected, why things to be need to be done. Like, it takes this guy who's only ever worked at the sandwich shop, only ever worked in that kind of chaos... And he's sent to see what that peace and serenity of everything being regimented and organized and and precise, what peace can come from that. And it's amazing to see his growth and his appreciation for that by the end of that episode where he starts, you know, begrudgingly cleaning the spots off of the silverware and then by the end having a a massive appreciation for it which i actually i really love that episode and then he gets promoted to wearing the suit which is great at that restaurant uh and sees more of how everything's run which is amazing to see how everything is run very next level everything is planned and prepared for they do research on all the guests so they know their financial situation they know the reasoning they're going there they know what their favorite things are like they do all kinds of research which is just it is insane to see how this restaurant is run so organized the efficiency is amazing right and i imagine growing up in the chaos of the the family that he did it has to be refreshing to be in a world that is so well run right calming in a, in a way and i would imagine that's what drew carmy into that 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 system that functioning system and you see the amazing this amazing moment where he goes to get a deep dish pizza for there's like a, a guest that somebody overheard they're 
you know, leaving Chicago and the, the one thing they regret is they never got to eat deep dish. And he goes, runs out to get a deep dish and to see how they break the deep dish down to prepare it, to present it. Very epic. And uh, you see the excitement that Richie has watching them work, which is great. And seeing him fall in love and get passionate about it all. And then him driving home, singing Taylor Swift, right? Made me cry, made me emotional to see this guy who had a completely different mentality when he showed up and and now is like fell is like it he's he's found joy in life and it seems like so new to him that he he is he has found this joy in life after this this experience and it's amazing and then you get the one two punch of the chaotic christmas dinner from the previous episode and then this episode which made me love the show even more. And then you have Marcus back in town showing everybody one of the three desserts that he came up with. It's such a great moment where he's like so proud of these three dishes that he came up with and seeing everybody, seeing Sydney and, and Carmi appreciate it. Like there's so, so much pride just emanating from Marcus, which is great. And then you see things starting to come together. It's very satisfying. Richie apologizing to Sugar, the sister. You know, also him wearing suits. Like, you see him completely transformed. You see the him doing the napkin test during the interview. Having the napkin out of place and that being the test. Like, she sat here the whole interview and not once did anything to fix this napkin. Like, amazing. I love that moment. You have the whole aspect of the the drama of this with the gas suppression test, right? We get flashes when it's like down to the the last moment they need to pass this test. And you get flashes from everybody as they're all in the kitchen hoping that that the the um, that uh, what's his name? Uh, Maddie, Neil, hoping that Neil figured out that the brother rigged the, the suppression system to burn the place down for insurance money. You hope that he actually fixed it. And you get flashes from everybody, right, that are all standing in line, everybody involved, and everything they've sacrificed to get to this moment. And for everybody watching this balloon that may or may not start inflating with gas, just everything riding on this amazing moment. The news that Sugar invited the mom to friends, the friends and family uh, soft opening, very s- much stressing me out because it's like, oh, this is just like this is this can't this isn't going to be good. The fact that the painting that he hang on the that's hung on the wall, it just I, I didn't like it. I didn't like I, I like messy what I call messy artwork. I participate in messy artwork at times but there has to be controlled like there's two different kinds of messy and if you were to compare it to this show and how kitchens are run that piece of artwork on the wall was the messy the messiness that we saw in the in episode six the christmas dinner the messiness that i like and that i think works is the messiness that you saw at the end of season one, where it's still chaos, but they're finally 
understanding like it is more controlled chaos and i think that painting represents the uncontrolled chaos of that christmas dinner at least in my opinion how that painting visually what that painting visually makes me make me think preparing for the friends and family right it's the first time they have new employees working and cooking this menu and you have that chaos of the first season back marcus introducing his four desserts including the savory cannoli that is kind of the homage to carmi and that that christmas dinner named it after mike the the brother that that committed suicide amazing you have sydney making the omelet for sugar which is amazing another moment that made me cry got me emotional right just everything is getting me extra emotional but it's someone who right you have in that scene where she's making the omelet someone who's like a master at doing a thing and to see her put that energy into this effortless activity of her making this amazing omelet for somebody because she cares because she you know she appreciates what sugar is doing to help but it's like you know it's 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 this person who does this amazing thing putting that same energy and love into just a dish that she's serving somebody where it means so much Uh, i love that moment you have the moment claire is calling Carmi when he's about to finally contact the fridge guy. And it's the kind of this moment of truth in many ways. Does he keep his eye on the ball, right? Focusing on getting things open or does he try to balance it all? And instead he kind of falls flat, just doesn't do anything. Doesn't call the guy, doesn't answer the phone, gets distracted with something else. You have Marcus asking Sydney to dinner. Very awkward. The the only moment that kind of bummed me out character-wise in this season is during the friends and family opening when Marcus gets very emo and, and pouty and whiny and yelly at Sydney because he thinks that she's ignoring him. It doesn't, I I just felt so out of character for that character. And just, I don't know, it it like, it rubbed me the wrong way to see. And probably a lot has to do with the fact that I I really like Marcus as a character. I don't necessarily, like, I don't know, like, you don't need to have love connections in every show. You don't have to have characters falling in love. I heard people talking about how Sydney and Carmi should be romantically involved. I don't like that either. Like, I don't... It, and it feels almost like the whole thing with Marcus asking her... At, there was the kind of moment in season one where, you know, he kind of appreciates and looks up to her in a lot of ways because she's far more established in that world and he's kind of this... He's very thirsty for the knowledge and, and to, to learn these things. So I can kind of get that he would want to ask her out when he does in that very awkward moment where she kind of turns him down. I enjoyed that, but then to see him blow up later was kind of a bummer. The heart-to-heart with Sydney and Carmi fixing the table. First off, 
whatever they were doing to the table didn't make any sense. Holding it up, they're just trying to screw in a hook, a purse hook that goes on the end of the table. But they're doing this thing to, I mean, they have the heart to heart was great. But what they're doing with the table the entire time made no sense whatsoever. You have the constant threat of closing, seeing other restaurants closing, knowing just constantly being reminded how impossible it is for restaurants to succeed. And the doubt and the fear of failure. Also constantly, Sydney constantly being reminded to tr you had to trust your trust your partner. And then you see Carmi not being very trustworthy, dropping the ball. And the last episode just has a nice long one take. Not a full episode like I think episode seven of season one, but a, a great long one take. People going in and out of the restaurant, seeing how well like how efficient this restaurant is opening and being run very similar to what Richie saw at the other restaurant, but it stops when things start to melt down because of course, Carmi gets locked in the fridge that he never got fixed. Right. That came back to bite him in the ass. You have this guitar score matching the energy of everything falling apart into chaos. You have Richie stepping up to run the show, which was amazing. Despite the fact Carmi locked in the fridge, having him having flashes about how everything fell apart in the first season before they made it all work. The mom showing up but never going in. And that moment with her and Sugar's husband was so emotional. Like that guy is such a small character, but like really is the tuning fork for the chaos of that family, I think. I love how they surprise Uncle Jimmy with the chocolate-covered banana that got him emotional. Great moment. You have Carmi accident at the end of everything, accidentally telling his girlfriend that he regrets spending the time that he did with her because it took him away from this this restaurant. Then has this argument with Richie, this big blow up with Richie, with you know, separated from the door. Which is just like everything blowing up, right? They f they made it through the chaos of their that friends and family dinner, and then there's the big blow up, and no resolution. We don't see what happens after that. That is the end of the season. So it's like there better be more of this show. It like it ends so much left open ended things act actively falling apart when this season ends, and from outside, it was a massive success. Anybody that showed up to that friends and family, it was a massive success. But inside, behind the scenes, in the kitchen, we saw the chaos back. We saw things fall apart, especially at the end. Right? Just constantly falling apart. Nothing good can stay. Everything eventually falls apart. Right? Always one small thing. One small moment away from just explosions just like the family dinner but i still lo i love this season so much great shots of chicago great shots of food preparations of food i love seeing how each character goes on their own paths to prepare and grow for this new restaurant trying to improve and refine their skills i love seeing the efficiency of everything in contrast to the first season that was controlled chaos in many ways episode six by far an all-time episode love 
the growth of all the characters. I don't love the open-ended ending of the season. I need a season three ASAP. Uh, and I haven't seen any announcements for season three, although I didn't check recently. Maybe there's been something. But with all the writer strikes and actor strikes, who knows? Uh, it would be a travesty if there wasn't a season three. The mixture of the chosen family, biological family, love that. The pursuit of art, the pursuit of, of refinement and growth and precision and like and like mastery of your craft, love that constant threat of everything falling apart right makes me root for the people in the show even more very much right like an underdog right i want them to achieve their goals i want them to find success and jamie lee curtis again needs to win an award for episode six i love this season i love the show the bear thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the ray taylor show i hope you enjoyed my thoughts on the bear season two don't forget to tune in every monday wednesday and friday for more movie and tv show reviews and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over at youtube.com slash inspired disorder until next time enjoy your meal Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.